On this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, we talk to Irish AFL football champion, Zach Tui. Now, Zach's a young man who left Ireland to follow his dreams and make a career for himself in Australia in a sporting environment. He's a handy golfer, and I'm lucky enough to be able to get to play golf with him occasionally. And whenever I do, it's always a load of fun. And I think if you listen to the podcast, you'll very clearly understand why hanging out with Zach Tui on a golf course for four or five hours can be a pretty funny and fun experience. Zach's a great family man, loves Australia, but very passionate about Ireland. He's got a young son, Flynn, number two on the way, beautiful partner, Beck, and they're loving life in Australia. We love having Zach here, and he's one of the best in the business down the back there at the Cats protecting the goals. So... Sit back, enjoy the listen to Zach, his story. He tells it right from the start, right through to today. And um, follow Zach on Twitter. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask him, I'm sure he'll answer because he's fairly active on that space. Enjoy the listen. Really appreciate the support and the feedback. The downloads are growing and um, I'm glad you're enjoying. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Zach Tui, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you, mate? Very good, Roscoe. How are you? Very well, thank you. I just play golf. So, um, I'm, of course you did. <laughs> Fifth round this week. See, that's what I love about you. Honesty. <laughs> Honesty, straight to the point. And uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, my golf and your golf, and we've played a little bit of golf together now, and I've been very lucky to be able to do that with you. And I can never imagine what it's going to be like to play AFL footy let alone play AFL footy as a forward against you. But I know what it's like to play against you in a golfing team. <laughs> and I reckon there's a couple of parallels there because, yeah. you know. Just getting your head a little bit. Yeah. You get those yippy little chips around the so green. So you're, you know? you're admitting it, yeah? <laughs> well, you're just an easy target. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to beat you just playing golf. So I got to kind of, you know. So I see myself as a star full forward there out there against you, and then you and just I'm get just straight a, into I'm the pest. Am I? You get straight into me. Yeah. In this situation, I'm just a little annoying pest. Because you know, in a golfing sense, that that works against me, don't you? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to beat you when it comes to golfing ability. <laughs> that's a fact. Well, thank, thanks for that. But in a footy sense, does it work? Ah, a little bit. It does with some guys. Um, some guys are just sort of geez them on a small bit. You almost don't want to get under their skin. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it certainly works on the golf course with you. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to work on the golf course with you. Thank you. That, that's a nice little, uh, nice little introduction to Zach Tui, Geelong Cats AFL football legend <laughs> and uh, all-round good man and a good mate of mine. And um, So I guess today, mate, yeah, let's talk about your love of golf because – I know you, but the people that are listening to you, some will know you and, and some won't, but they need to know that you're a you're a golf tragic and a golf addict. Mm. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Not playing as much as I'd like at the minute, but I am, yeah. I've, I've gotten into a big time over the last, I don't know, three or four years. When did when did you uh, pick up golf? When was well, I played, like I did play a bit growing up, and we, I used to kind of go through phases where we'd be hard on it for a few months, and then for whatever reason, like, 
you know the group of friends I had would would maybe go off it maybe when the weather got bad because it's pretty hard to get out in winter back home but um yeah I would go kind of through phases but I wouldn't say I kind of I played golf properly till only really only a few years ago and I just kind of got the bug and it never left back home which was Ireland, Ireland growing up mm-hmm. and playing golf there did you have mates that were fully into it yeah I had a few guys um a few guys who were really really good and could maybe have pursued it um and I think one or two of them are still kind of uh, competing at a lower level if you like but um predominantly the circles I mixed in were footballers and, mm. and kind of guys playing those sports and golf was more of just a pastime but even amongst the footballers you know, you tend to get a handful of guys who are exceptional golfers anyway but um yeah so I guess when when did golf start for you then like a big start like four five five six yeah, at Carlton was it yeah yeah so with Dennis Arnfield yeah. and um, you know Sam Doherty players yeah. a lot as well and we kind of we just got a crew um, who were all friends anyway and we all seemed to just kind of catch the bug at the same time or one of us gave it to the, the other one um, and it just kind of never left so in the past when I go through phases of playing for a few months and then kind of drop off and go back to football or whatever it was um, it just never left this time and I kind of haven't stopped playing or watching for the last three or four years so how did you get so proficient at it then oh. what, what would you put that down to because you know so if you for the guys listening you know <clears throat> what's your handicap that 9 10 yeah 9 10 yeah, yeah. you're pretty you're pretty good oh, um, so how did you how do you become without playing it as a kid how, how does, what do you put it down to I'm not sure. So I played hurling growing up, which yeah, a lot of, yep. well, I don't know, listeners probably won't know what it is, but it's an Irish sport with, you know, basically a club and a ball. Um, so I'm not sure if the skill set was transferable. Um, I'm capable of playing horrific golf, so it's it's not it's not always the case that I play well. But, yeah, I'm not sure. And a big part of it, I assume, is that I, I really enjoy playing um, and I enjoy watching it and I kind of enjoy, um, despite the fact that, a lot of the time the tech and all the technique and all the stuff involved isn't going to make a difference for a player of my level I still like kind of hearing about it and reading about it and mm-hmm. um, yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure I just I just love it you're a good student of the sport because I know I know you watch it who when you when you flick the TV on at you know 10 mm-hmm. o'clock at night and watch the European tour mm-hmm. who do you like watching well I went out to watch Shane Lowry win a couple of weekends ago with uh, an Irish friend of mine who was over visiting so that was awesome Shane Lowry's actually from um, well, Offaly, a place called Clara, I think, but it's only about half an hour from where I'm from, so um, it's nice to follow his career, yeah. any of the Irish guys, really, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch, honestly, I'll watch anything. If it's a decent level of golf, I'll, I'll happily sit there and watch it. So, you and so you know Shane? I have, I've met him once. Yeah. He he wouldn't know me, but yeah. I do know him. Yeah, yeah. he's from, but I, I think it's only about, if, if it's Clara, and, and sorry yeah. if that's not it, Shane, but I think it's Clara in a place called Offaly. It's only about half an hour away from me. He's not your atypical modern day golfer, is he? He's not. No, that's what I love about him. <laughs> he looks like you'd love to have a drink with him, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, I don't know Shane Larry. I don't profess to. I've never met him, but there's a couple of Irish boys that I have <clears> met in Australia that say that they've, you know, played golf at a, mm-hmm. at a high level and played junior golf alongside Shane, and um, he's renowned for his generosity. Yeah, uh, yeah which yeah. includes. Shouting, shouting the bar. Yeah, yeah, that and sounds about he li- right. He likes he likes his Guinness, and uh, 
So you, you, there's not anyone that I've heard say a bad word about Shane Larry. So Shane, keep it up, mate. You know, keep shouting the bar, keep winning. Yeah, he does have a very good reputation. And you, keep keep putting your country on the map. It was a big win, wasn't it? It was a big win. It was huge. Speaking of country on the map, so obviously everyone that knows you knows you're a, a, a very passionate Irishman. Mm-hmm. Um, take us take us back to you know young Zach Tui. Where'd you grow up? So I grew up in a place called Port Leash. So if you look at Ireland geographically and put your finger right in, in the middle or where you think is the middle, you're probably there or thereabouts. Um, so how, how far from Dublin? About 45 minutes yeah, right. directly inland yep. Yep. If, if anybody's ever flown to Ireland. Um, so I, I mean, I grew up playing soccer, football, hurling. Those were kind of my three sports. And as I said already, kind of sporadically played golf. Um, and I tended to mingle with all the footballing group. And all my friends played football, so that was kind of and soccer. So those were, I guess, my two loves growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think I had a pretty typical sort of upbringing uh, till that point. Yeah, till I came out here. Really, it was nothing, nothing too spectacular. I don't think. So just played footy. Played footy. I was underage. Underage footy, or did you play senior footy as well? Well, a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, senior for my club, which is you know the town you're from, and then yeah. I didn't play a senior for the county, which is more provincial, I guess. Um, but I was pretty lucky because to, to play a professional sport, you, you virtually had if it was ball sport back home, you pretty much just had soccer. Yeah. Um, and then obviously rugby, if that was the path you're going down, but. Um, yeah, if you went to a ball sport, that was kind of your only chance. And when that didn't pan out, I obviously picked Gaelic football as the sport I would pursue as much as I could. And if I hadn't done that, if I'd picked something else, I, I wouldn't be here because they, they only tend to draft, AFL only tend to draft players from Gaelic football as opposed to any other Irish sport. So it's did, pretty lucky. When did AFL pop up on the radar for you as a, as a young yeah. Young fellow playing GA. Well, there's um, so there's another guy who played at Brisbane for a few years called Colin Begley. Um, he played Brisbane for I think three or four years, and then St Kilda for one year. But he's from ten minutes away from where I'm from in mm-hmm. Sand County. So I knew of it pretty well just through him. Yeah. Um, but at the time, Ty Kennelly was playing for Sydney, and he's the only Irish guy who's won a flag and all this stuff. So I knew knew of it. In 2007, I played minor, which is the under 18 competition, TAC Cup equivalent, and. In Ireland, you play with where you're from, and typically, certainly at senior level, we've had a few good teams, but we're typically one of the, the weaker teams because we're a smaller county and, and I guess less to pick from. It just happened that my year at minor, under 18s, we had a really good crop, and we actually lost the, the All-Ireland semi-final in a replay, so we weren't too far off. But because we had a good crop, and I went, or we went a decent way in the competition, um, that was probably how I got spotted and, you know, because if we if we just got knocked out in straight sets, I wouldn't have been picked up at all. So a few things went my way. So was it Shane Rogers? That, did you meet Shane? Was he the I one did, that, yeah, yeah, certainly did meet Shane. Yeah, he was there for my first few years. But it was actually a guy, Jared Shawley, um, yeah. who's, who's done some work in Ireland for a very long time now, actually. But um, he's the one who kind of got me and looked after me, really, ever since, even now, still. So. Is the AFL and, you know, it's recruiting of, you know, young Irish talent, well regarded or is it you know is it a challenge over there How, how's it? Uh, yeah it's got it's it's got naysayers but it's it's typically the older stock and the, the former players who, who seem to have a problem and um, I think the newer generation don't mind the thing is you can't really criticise the AFL 
um, they're not certainly not doing anything illegal. Um, you might not like it, but the the alternative is that these Irish guys don't even have the opportunities to come out here. People are the people who want the Irish guys to stay. They want them to stay because they want their club or county to be stronger. Mm-hmm. Now that's fine. You can want that, but you shouldn't be trying to legislate to stop some young guy having the option, having him have the option himself. And that doesn't sit right with me because they're trying to take decisions away from the younger guys. Like it's one thing to stay there and play for your club and have all that pride, but you're giving up the potential to set your whole life up, play in front of huge crowds every week um, and set you and your family up for the rest of your life. Now, if you want to make that decision, that's fine, but that's not a decision that gets to be made by some guy who played 10 years ago and doesn't like young guys leaving. That's, yeah. So that's where I, I kind of crack it a bit with some of the older stock. But just sorry for the record, yeah. most people are fine with. Yeah. I don't want to paint everyone like that, but the ones no. who who don't like it don't have good reasons. Yeah, if you've been to Ireland, and you know, if you're listening to this as a golfer, you know, you've been to Ireland to play golf, and some of the best golf in the world. It's, <coughs> it's a fabulous country, mm-hmm. fabulous people. But you can't avoid, you know, getting some view into the world of GA. What? is a well it's not professional but you know let, let's call the top level a mm. professional sort yeah, of equivalent yeah. just me it's not far off in terms of the training loads yeah and stuff. exactly exactly yeah. right so so i didn't yeah. mean disrespectfully no, yeah, no, no, I, no. I would i would consider it professional but i guess the low the levels down from that yeah. you know we know here in footy in melbourne you know the levels of you've got vfl and then you've got yeah, some yeah, of the, yeah. the amateur stuff which is people getting paid and all that sort of stuff and it's just essentially amateur footy or whatever you call it mm. What's it like a few layers down? Because I remember when I went to Donegal like, yeah. a couple of years ago and I went to a footy field there and it was a big thing because mm, I went and yeah, stayed yeah. and watched the game and, and and they came from the villages from far and wide and it was massive, but it yeah. was just a country town. Yeah. A little, little park and a little play and a little... And yeah, yeah. How, what's the difference? You know? Well, it's funny because it's almost the, mo- the more layers down you go, the more passionate and wild the sport becomes because people are terribly tribal like yeah, you you, yeah. you play with the town you're from and, yeah. and that's it and that's the be all and I think you could make a case it's maybe the case for me although I'm not sure I think it's probably the case for me that if given the option between winning say the All-Ireland my club so effectively the smaller mm-hmm. or my county I'd probably pick my club and that's going to be the case for I think most Irish guys um, which is weird it's counterintuitive but that's just the way it is back home and and that's actually a big part of why a lot of Irish guys don't like to change clubs out here. So I obviously did it and yeah. I grappled with it terribly for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I found it to be a really hard decision. I'm not sure any Irish guys have before that. I know Tommy Walsh, an Irish guy, did change clubs, but I'm not sure if that was a trade request. But um, yeah, it just becomes, it's, it's very tribal. Like you, mm. people are very proud, fiercely proud of, of where they're from. And um, yeah, you wear like a kind of a badge of honor. It doesn't change. I know that you did grapple with that decision to move from Carlton, you know, that brought you out here that you'd been with for what, seven years, seven years yeah. 140-odd games, 40-odd goals or something like that. Or yeah, something like that. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I know you grappled with it, but, you know, what, what was it like? Yeah, it was tough because, like I said, it is, it's not kind of in the DNA of the Irish guys to do that, yeah. for, that for the reasons yeah. I just said. Um but, I mean, in the end, I had to think about family and my own career, really. Yep. And at the end of the day, I, I was probably felt I was jeopardizing both if I stayed. I didn't feel wanted at all. Yep. And I've absolutely no doubt my career. I was potentially shortening my career by at least one or two years if I would have stayed. And that wouldn't be fair on anyone, me or family. Um, 
So it was, it was a tough decision, but I mean, it was the right decision and they've done well out of the deal, Carlton yeah. did. Yeah, um, they sure. effectively used picks to get Caleb Marchbank, who's a really good player. Yeah. And I got to the club that I would have picked if you'd let me pick from every club in the league. So it worked out well, but the decision was more about career and family. Yeah. yeah. So we're sitting down here at... Uh the range at Curlewis Golf Club, which is a fabulous new facility down here on the Bellarine Peninsula. You know, if you're a golfer in this area, you probably already know it, but if you're not, you know, you should check mm-hmm. it out because uh, I'd never been here until, you know, we decided to catch up with um, Beck and Zach, but it looks absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can have lunch here, coffee, hit balls, indoor golf lessons. It's unbelievable. So it's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And you're right. This facility, this is only, I'm not sure how old, a year or two, but it's incredible. Like, a lot of lads get down here a fair bit for a hit and the food's good and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's one of the good things about Geelong is you've kind of got the best of both worlds. Melbourne's 50 minutes one direction and within 50 minutes the other direction you have a handful of elite golf courses and then you have this, which is only 10 minutes outside Geelong. So if you follow you on social media, which I, I recommend that if you don't, you should, um, <laughs> I would I would suggest that you settled into the club pretty pretty yeah, easily yeah. pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's gone well. Um, fortunately enough, the club one of the club's big kind of philosophies is that uh, they like players just being well happy, I guess. So not like making mountains out of molehills. And outside of that, it's just get in and be yourself, and that's uh, refreshing. Was was a refreshing change for me. So the change has been as much as I grappled with it. The change has been really good. Now I've got Zach's beautiful partner Beck sitting across there. You can't, you can't, um, you can't see her on the if you're watching any of this video. But uh, you know, Beck is he is he like that at home? Tell him, great at home. Is he the ultimate prankster at home? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm a joy to live Definitely. with. I'm a joy to live with. <laughs> Yeah, so you know what that means? He's, he's, he's breeding generation two of the ultimate oh, prank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in trouble in a few years. And, and potentially, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, another, another one, one coming, eight weeks. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she's in butter in a few years. Yeah. Um, it must be very satisfying to be in, you know, that type of environment with, you know, essentially your mates yeah. and your workmates and your teammates So uh, mm. and be able to have some fun. Yeah, it is. Like it's it's a highly stressful job at times, and I don't think anybody wants to listen to a professional footballer complain about his life. But it can be very stressful. But even in at its worst, it's still pretty good. Um, and you shouldn't forget that. Like you know, we, we're pretty privileged to do what we do. Um, but yeah, it's 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 every now and, every now and then you just sit back and take stock and, and realize how how much worse things could have been. <laughs> so who are the other? Um who are the other ones that you're bringing along for the ride when when it comes to golf at Geelong? Yeah. Who, who are the other boys that are in, into golf? There's a few. Um, so easily the two best golfers out of the players are, are Henderson and, and Hawkins. Um, they're both off uh, two and three or something like that. Um, so they're hands down the best golfers. But Mitch Duncan's a very good golfer. Tom Stewart's not so good, but he plays a lot. Um, Charlie Constable, one of the young He'll, boys. I went, I went Tommy, to, will pre- uh, Tommy will appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, he know he's well used to my uh, sledging of him. Um, he's he's about as good as me is the is the sad thing. Um, but yeah, there's a few. There's a good crew that play, and and um, we're actually talking. We're trying to get make it a more uh, semi regular occurrence. Maybe every fortnight have a standing booking where we can all get together and go and play yeah. Thirteen Beach or somewhere like that. Who's the young fellow that I met? Jack. Uh, Jack um... Oh, um, jumping, 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 Jack, jumping, Jack. Yeah. How's he Jack going, Henry? Jack Henry. How's he going with his golf? Yeah, fine. I think I haven't actually gotten out with him. He's um, 
if it's, if it's anything like his footy, it'll be oh, pretty spectacular. That's, that's where I was going because yeah. his, his footy's coming along in leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, he's um, he's a really good kid. He's a, an exceptional player. Um, I haven't seen him on the golf course, so I can't vouch for how he hits him, but I suspect he'd be pretty good at that too. I, I guess I met Jack, um, luckily enough, and he was in, you know, you know where I work, and, uh, and he started to talk about the Cobra Golf deal that the, the AFLPA have. Yeah. And um, I said, oh, so you know, you're on a footy list. He said, yeah, Geelong. Quiet. Just, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was so unassuming. And uh, anyway, we got his clubs for him and he's, he's happy and I hope he goes well with his golf. But um, Yeah, that's him in a nutshell. He's a, he's, a, he's a good kid. So Tommy Stewart and you seem to have this, you know, continuing this theme about pranksters. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be like table tennis of pranking. Yeah, he's um, or gagging, whatever you call it. Again, I, I just I find Stu to be such an easy target. Um, I have a, a little Griff watch thing going on Instagram, which I tend to anytime I'm around him. So um, what Griff is? So it actually, this hap- did happen on the golf course. This, this name came about. So myself, Lucky Henderson, and Stewie were playing. Oh, we playing Bowen Heads uh, yeah. one day. Yep. And I think me and Hendo were going okay. Stewie wasn't going quite so well, and I think he's well and truly like cracked it at this stage and so Hendo just called him Griff and I didn't get it at the time but he, Stewie didn't like it so of course we ran with it for the whole day and I asked Hendo why was he calling him Griff and it's as stupid as this that Stewie Stewie Griffin from Family Guy mm-hmm. Griffin Griff so it just became Griff right. there was no science yeah, to it it just hit him on yeah. the spot Stewie Griffin is so we started calling him Griff and he hated it at the time and the worst thing you can do especially in the footy club is let someone know you don't like a nickname so I've grabbed Griff and I've ran as hard as I could with it. And I keep, uh, my goal is to like be watching the footy or watching a game back someday and have the commentators call him Griff. That's kind of the end. That's where I want to get with this. Make this name stick. Mate, let's, uh, let's get this part yeah, of it yeah, out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Marr or someone like that, you know, yeah, pick yeah. this up Griff, and just, Griff, just Stuart. there's a dozen golf balls for anyone that yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Griff Stewart, there you go. Yeah. Um, now the two main guys. Yeah. Hendo. And Tommy? Yep. Hands down, the two best golfers at the club. Yeah. Two of the better golfers I've seen from footballers, yeah. you know, that I know. Um, and their size helps because yeah. when you can hit it properly and hit it as hard as they hit it, um, they're well and truly put a gap in the rest of us. It's actually quite fun to watch proper golfers play, as you know. Once again, I've been lucky to meet Tom, and I'm not dropping names, but I met Tom once or twice, and uh, he's an mm-hmm. impressive Mm-hmm. Impressive man, full stop. Yeah, as, he a, is, as a man, yeah, he's a good dog. But as, as a specimen of, a, of an athlete, he's just he's a, unbelievable. Yeah, well, he's out there bloody lifting sheep or whatever he's doing on his farm, <laughs> and then he comes into the club and shifts tin and sits in the goal square. So he's he is he's an impressive specimen. But he's a, he's a, like you said, he's actually really he's actually quite a quiet person. Like mm. he's not yeah. particularly boisterous or anything. But um, he goes bloody well on the golf course. Yeah. Remember Bowen Heads, I think? Yeah, 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 he is, yeah. Which he'd eat that course up, given how far he can hit it. Correct. Well, without the wind, absolutely. Yeah. Um, golf kit, you're always after at me you know, <laughs> about what's the newest, what's the latest, you know, how can I can I get that, can I try no, that? No, when Beck's here, Ross. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> she thinks I've got one golf kit and that's it. <laughs> what, um, what's, in the, what's in the Zach Tui bag right now? In the bag at the minute is uh, my irons, the, the Wilson V6s, which I've 
become just obsessed with mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years old but I just think they're the nicest looking clubs I, I think they're still the nicest looking clubs um, and I've had Wilsons for a few years now as you know but um, I love them yeah so uh, don't always hit them as well as I should but mm-hmm. I think that's more on the Indian not the arrow um, yeah so that's those are the irons I've had for a year too um, drop it well my driver is the Rogue Callaway Rogue yep. uh, we're fortunate enough one of the other perks I guess of having this for a job is that um Ooh. I had a Sunday footy show nearly forgot which one it was then for being a guest on it one of the vouchers they give you as a voucher for a new driver or you know whatever it is so I've actually accumulated a couple of those vouchers and, and gone straight into you and, and had you fit me up and get me a couple of uh, Callaway Rogue the three wood in the, in the driver I'll tell my friends at Callaway that it's probably one of the best promotions if you want to get the footy players, you know, talking about and excited about your oh, product yeah. is to keep giving out those drivers because I remember getting the phone call from Zach, you know, <laughs> it's a little tee hee hee, you know, on the other end, I'm on the Sunday footy show, I've got me voucher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but all joking aside, it's the one show that I will, like, always put my hand up to do where I'm nearly excited when I'm asked to do it because it's a free driver. If you were into your golf, I would, I'd do anything for, like, the you joking me? The lo- the last one, you didn't even have to leave Geelong. It was, I know, yeah. It was they brought the cameras down to the 35 seconds by the side of the rooms on a That's Sunday. That's how much people are willing to pay to get me on, you know? You've done well here. <laughs> no, I definitely have. So, um, do you have any idea how fast you swing it? Like, in uh, terms of miles per I have. I would have done it in store with you, but I can't say I do. I've seen it on the monitors before, but I don't know. So, this is a hard thing about fitting golf clubs for you know, athletes, and, and like yourself, you know, mm. swing speeds of tall level proportions, you know. So we're talking like 120 mile an hour mm. driver swing speeds mm. without the, disp- the tall level dispersion. Yeah. It's, it, it makes it hard to, um, to fit clubs to you guys sometimes. But, you know, your clubs in particular are, are interesting because, you know, we need to um, get them longer. Yeah. So you're, you know, just if anyone wants to know what Zach Tui uses in terms of clubs, you know, they're, they're about an inch longer than standard. Uh, we tip them a little bit to make them play a little firmer. Um, we hard step them. So that's where we put uh, a stiffer shaft in the in the um, longer iron to try and, and get them stiff without being, you know, too yeah. heavy to make them, you know, somewhat playable, you know, for the nine handicap sort of level. And, um, you know, for yours, we've got, mid no jumbo size almost mid-size grip yeah, so man. you know to to accommodate the size of your hands and they're about four degrees flat yeah yeah about which um if you're a golf you'll know what four degrees flat is but that's that's quite uncommon so yeah i guess that's a lot to do with your technique which is very very effective in the main and um <laughs> i had to throw that in yeah of course <laughs> but um it's just an interesting and i just thought it'd be interesting to throw you know that knowledge yeah. but, you know 120 plus miles an hour driver swing speed it's sometimes hard to get um get these shafts to um to fit you so yeah and given the like the difference in size amongst footballers so you can have a short guy who's still really really strong which might be a bit more unorthodox as well and um especially some of the big brutes who have just so much power and not like obviously we talk about Hawk's a big brute but he can actually swing it if you get one of the big boys in who's my level or even a bit worse they can swing it hard and and no one knows exactly what's going to happen so it can be a challenge for you guys I'm sure so the cats Mm. how's this year looking Ah, flags in the bag in the bag yeah I can't lose it from here um Oh, it's, I mean, as good as anyone, everybody's flying in Jan and Feb, you know, everybody, 
any player will tell you it's been the best preseason the club's had yeah, and yeah. all these cliches doesn't mean anything every year every year without fail that I've been here there's been at least one club jump up and surprise everyone um, and there's probably been at least one club fall way down and surprise everyone so you can't know I am confident I think the two in particular the two guys we got from other clubs last year Rowan and Dalhouse yeah. are exactly the type of players we needed um, and if we can just get a, a, a slight raise from not not our big players because I'm not sure they can do much more but the, the, the next tier down yep. they can just step up a small bit I think we'll be right there when the whips are cracking um, you're famous for your long, longevity I guess if that's the right way to describe yeah. it you know like playing a lot of games yeah. without missing mm. how do you do that? Like, it's a lot of luck to be honest um, yeah I'm not sure I've been so there must be something in my genetics yeah. that don't let me yeah. get too many soft tissues or have bad you know joints and stuff touch yeah, wood, touch wood. Um, but I'm not sure a, a lot of good luck um, because you see guys get really serious injuries from really innocuous incidents where sometimes they're not even touched and like the one that springs to mind is like if you ever see anyone do their Achilles it's a horrible thing to see but they basically fall like they've yeah. been shot so it can be super innocuous um, and I've just I've just been really fortunate um I'm not complaining. I'm not sure exactly what it is, yeah. but yeah, I've been really, really lucky. So it's been, I'm not sure, four or five years, six years well, since I missed. It's a stellar effort and uh, long may it happen. Mm. Um, the other thing that you're somewhat known for is your ability, um, and it's a dying ability, and I don't know where you learnt it, so you can tell us, but to kick a screaming top. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from. I think, um, I think not having a clue what you're doing early doors when you get here just allows you to to mess around a bit I don't know that's a funny one um, when I was at Carlton Mick Malthouse was actually a big believer in the barrel which was good fun to have a coach who would just tell you every now and then just go for it doesn't really matter yeah. the thing about it is I've definitely I've, in fact I've probably hit a lot more shanked torps than I've caught pure but they're still they still go outside 50 and they're still like even when you hit it flush it's still a chaos ball like yeah. it's you're not you, you don't kick a barrel trying to hit anyone on the chest um, so when you get as long as it gets outside 50 even if it's spinning at end over end you're effectively achieving the same thing you were looking to achieve it's just 15 metres or 20 metres short but it's just a freedom to have a crack at it it's good fun so when you're making a clearance do the mids ever come back to you and say mate you know, enough of the talks alright you know the- yeah, I don't think I've ever done so many in a game that they've told me right. told me off um, I think it might have happened once in my career once early in my career but um, normally if you're doing it you will say you know at First kicking in the third quarter, I'm or we'll the, say at halftime, first kicking after this, I'm he, going he's barrel. gone for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was, so. what was your most famous barrel? <laughs> I don't know if I have any famous ones. Ironically, the best one I caught was, it was a, a bit of a nothing, it wasn't a big game, it wasn't even a big moment, but I don't know, I'll never forget. It was about, um, we played Sydney early in my career, and I caught one so flush, I couldn't hit it any better. I don't know where it finished, somewhere around the centre circle. I think we're playing Sydney, yeah. And maybe it was Malcheski just took an uncontested mark right into his chest, like literally would have hit him on it right in his lap. And I, I was filthy because I've never hit one so well. <laughs> and then I did another one later in the same game, and I did one of those end over ends that barely got outside outside fifty, and I hit Eddie Betts right in the chest, and he went all the way up the other end. I'm like, that's it in a nutshell. That's what you get with barrels. So if I said to you, you can have a lifetime supply of the perfect barrel or mm-hmm. a lifetime supply of the perfect well struck, you know, middle of the fairway drive. What are you taking? Taking fairways. <laughs> Stuff footy. <laughs> Go for that. Very good. Um, so 
those couple of goals. There was one goal last year, uh, seventy meters, seventy. What was it? Seventy, yeah, it was 80, 80, 80, eighty, eighty. I think. I think there's somebody said eighty two. So ninety. Who was that? Who was that against? Ah, you're gonna have to be more specific. There's been so many. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, after the siren one. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. That one. God, I was hoping you'd bring it up. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> let me set the scene. <laughs> that was Melbourne in round 18. Uh, yeah, that was good fun. That one. I actually, should, well, I don't know, I played 160 games maybe a footy, and I seriously don't think if you accumulate all the minutes I've spent playing forward, yeah, it if it was if it was even 10 minutes, I'd be surprised in my whole career in a whole 160 games so and then that last quarter it just got put forward just so is that like message comes out it was three quarter time yeah it was three quarter time and Matthew Scarlett who's our defensive coach he's kind of said to me a few times that he thinks attributes attributes wise I could play forward and be a good forward and I always took it as a bit of a joke or not really anything serious found out I think Scotty said afterwards that Scarlett had actually been in his ear up in the box maybe during the third quarter telling Scotty to send me forward um, and then anyway three quarter time we're all in our huddles and he comes over to the backs and he pats me on the back and says go over to go over, and, go over to the forwards when you go, I was kind of like Off oh, you go. okay so I went to the forwards and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing like, I've played on these guys yeah. my whole life but I have no idea what I'm doing and the highlights are actually pretty funny if you watch me on ISO cam it's not bad but I just led at everything like pattern wise it was all over the shop but it seemed to work so you go forward and all of a sudden guys that you've been marking, you know, mm. they're now marking you. Are they in your ear? What are they saying? You know, nah, nah. You, Tim you... Kelly, a guy I play with, as the ball was getting bounced, was shouting at me because he thought I was at the wrong end of the ground. Yeah. I was like, nah, dude, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is happening. I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Um, no, but it is, it is interesting because you can, although I didn't get patterns right and there's some little nuances that you'd have to learn by training it, I still know a lot of stuff that I don't like when forwards do to me yeah. um, so it's highly transferable it's not yeah. a bad way of learning especially for yeah. the Irish guys because they tend to send the Irish guys down back because the game's easier to learn down back where you can just kind of get all the games in front of you yeah. and you can kind of follow your man a little bit yep. um, so it's not a bad way to maybe learn your trade there once you've got that kind of nailed you know what you don't like you could go and bring it up the other end so it was actually really good for, I loved it to be honest I really loved it so hopefully we'll do it a bit more but I'm not sure Describe the feeling. You've kicked the goal. The siren's gone. You've just beat, you know, one of your arch rivals. Mm. You've probably given a kicking to many times before. I, you know, I don't know the, the, the stats yeah. on that, but what's it like? Yeah, it was weird. So I remember taking the marks, and Mitch was actually an exceptional. I don't know if people think Mitch just bombed it forward. It was bloody outstanding. It was a ridiculous kick. Yeah. But anyway, it was a great kick by Mitch. And I remember taking the mark, and I was on the ground. And as I was getting up, the siren went. I remember getting up going, oh, Jesus, like, this is weird. Like, it's going to be after a siren. Um, and I said this a few times. I genuinely wasn't nervous or wasn't as nervous as I thought I would have been if you told me I was going to be in that situation. So if you told me going in, you're going to have that kick, I was like, oh, you know, that would be nerve-wracking. I don't remember thinking that at all. Um, it was actually really fun. It's kind of, maybe it's, um, I don't know if it's, it sounds arrogant, but it's kind of nice to have like everyone looking at you in that position and um, ironically I'd rather have that shot than tee off in front of five strangers that's that's real pressure but it was it was awesome and when I kicked it it was always it was always within the goals but it was a bit too far right and then as it was closer it got it actually swung toward, more towards the middle and, and it was reasonably reasonably comfortably in but there was a second or two after I kicked it where I thought oh if that drifts the other way 
it could be in trouble but it was amazing I like it's very very hard to describe it was it was like being a kid again because there was no like um, there was no coolness and, and celebration there was no high fives it was literally just a bunch of grown men screaming just at each it. other and hugging each other it was pretty cool I enjoyed watching it I enjoyed watching it <laughs> So you think if you went, if I took you down to 13th Beach where they're playing the Vic Open right now, mm-hmm. sat you on the tee there with the hoardings around yeah. you and put, put your favourite driver in your hand <laughs> with a dozen people there and, and, and you know, the 100th best pro I, in the world. I can 100% guarantee you I wouldn't hit the fairway. <laughs> I can absolutely guarantee it. I don't know why. I think maybe, I think I know I can play a footy pretty well. Yeah. I don't, like I know what yeah. I can do in the golf course. It can go well, but far out it can go wrong. Mate, last thing I just want to talk about is, you know, home. Yeah. You know me, son of migrants. Mm-hmm. You know, you've migrated here, you've got a beautiful partner in Australia, you're raising, you know, your family here in Australia. Yep. What does home mean to you still? Yeah, it's funny. Um, still, like, home is still Ireland and still Port Leash. But, uh, like, I could end up and probably will end up staying here for good. Yep. And the other thing I was thinking about, which is kind of weird to think about, my son is Australian. Yep. Like, he's an Australian passport. He's born and lived here. He is Australian. That's yep. what he is. Um, I hope, even if we stay here, I hope he would grow up and consider himself kind of Irish as well and be fairly proud of that. But he will be Australian. So, I'm not sure. I guess I just have two homes. Mm. It's hard one to... It's hard one to kind of articulate, but I guess I've just got two homes now. But I, I will always be Irish and consider myself Irish. But yeah. Does, so, Beck, does you know Flynn have a you know an is he he's getting old, older now? You know, how old's Flynn now? Five. 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 You know he's been to Ireland. Yeah. A handful well, of times. Four times. Four times, four times now. Already, like oh. for a five year Do you think he's more? a six? Is it six? Yeah. Do you think he's yeah. aware that he's this you know Aussie, Hybrid. you know little Aussie Irish? Yeah. Bella? Um, not really, but not he really. loves it over there. Yeah. So. Well, he knows he's been, actually, he's gone through a little phase at the minute of begging to go to Ireland because he wants to go and see his little, he has a lot of little cousins, excuse me, his age. Yeah. Um, so, like, my both of my sisters have kids and m- most of them are about the same age. So, he does love it and he knows Ireland's a different place. He knows Ireland's where I'm from. I don't know if he fully gets that, you know, exactly what's going on, but um, he knows that's where I'm from and that's where kind of my family is and... Yes. Um, but it's good for him if you ever if he, when he grows up if he does want to travel as well you know there's a nice little Irish passport that's going to help him get around the EU well, it's still, 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 still a thing he'll, he'll, he'll have an EU passport I won't but he will yeah. and that, that's yeah I'll, I'll look forward oh, yeah. I'll look forward to uh, you know hopefully you know being, being in your life his life long enough to watch that yeah, happen sure um, will. how often do you get back home? well generally we, we used to do it twice a year it's just hard now with him and another kid on the way it's going to be a bit of a task so once a year generally we try and try and at least do once a year more for well it's more for my parents to see Flynn and mm. whichever you know the baby that's coming uh, more than it is for me to get home and see everyone because yeah. the world's tiny like you know yeah. you with FaceTime and all yeah. these things you, you can see everyone but it's not quite the same like my parents didn't meet Flynn until he was six or seven months old so I don't think they want that yeah. they want it to be yeah. that long again so yeah. once a year bring him home that mix with all his cousins and all that stuff did you convert your in-laws and your brother-in-laws and the family members to cats fans i'll be honest it was pretty it was it was easy yeah right <laughs> it didn't take a huge amount of convincing okay. um so don't take that personally <laughs> any carlton fans but now nah, they were pretty um 
all like anyone they, they supported me yeah, more than anyone yeah, yeah. more yeah. than anyone else I guess and they also saw firsthand all the um, stuff that was going Go on, on when, yeah. I, when I jumped ship so yeah no they're, they're cats for sure alright best golf course you've played or oh, um, uh, Queenstown um, Jack's Point love it I'm obsessed with Jack's Point not the hills yeah I loved hills hills was a bit almost too manicured for me it was nearly like a movie set I love the ruggedness of Jack's Point yeah, right. playing hitting off cliffs and stuff I okay. just thought it was stunning yeah Jack's Point in uh, best course in Melbourne that you played um, best course in Melbourne so I've played Royal I've uh, played a few of the better ones Jesus cheapers, I'm not sure I'd say I guess I'll say Royal Melbourne yeah Royal Melbourne I could probably pick pretty hard not to get to get past the Royal Melbourne yeah I know I know I shouldn't have <laughs> taken so long but I'm trying like to think of all the ones that I have played top three in the world or yeah, something yeah yeah like yeah <laughs> <laughs> doing okay yeah I'll say Royal oh <laughs> uh, dear we had you as a member at Peninsula Kingswood and yeah. um, you know you moved moved to the other side of the base so we lost you from there but um, you know you're just happy just freelancing as a golf yeah you know, a little bit I would have loved to have kept it as yeah. you know they've done a pretty impressive job down there and I'll still get on I'm sure and play it a bit just became impractical to you yeah. know to get over there too often um, but yeah I'll, free, I'll, I'll wing it for a little bit and, and like 13 Beach down here is a, is a really good setup so I can play that in the meantime and maybe Bowen Heads or somewhere like that I'll end up joining but um, yeah for the next you know maybe year I'll just just wing it well, they're both two fabulous uh, courses down here. I've just been to the Vic Open uh, Pro-Am down there and uh, it's sensational what it does for this area in mm. terms of its golf and the you know, the stars that are down there from the Ladies Tour, European Tour, the Men's European Tour, there's some seriously big names and yeah. it's actually you know become the biggest golf tournament in Australia. Mm. Um, so it's fabulous for this area. Yeah, it's terrific, yeah. Mate, is there any... Um, you know, anything else that you wanted to cover? Any questions for me? Anything? Oh, you know, have you sorted out your chipping yet? No. How are you putting? What, what, what putt are you using at the minute? Because you changed this more than I changed. Shoes. No, that's correct. Um, yeah, well, it's a different one to I used two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I think it's the TaylorMade Spider at the moment. It might have some sort of funky grip on there, which is giving me some new, yeah. you know, hand juju that I'm working <laughs> yeah. with. But uh, we, we played this Pro-Am today and the Pro, um, Jorge Campillo. Okay. Number, yeah, number 100. You look like a Jorge. You could I be a look Jorge. the furthest thing from a Jorge. <laughs> Actually, it made me think of you or today. A Finton or something. You look more like a Finton. <laughs> it made me, he, he made me think of you today because we've talked about this before. And what we haven't mentioned is you're a mad Liverpool fan. Yeah. But uh, who was the guy that did the unlucky? Uh, what? Did you know the thing, unlucky? Yeah, you know, the little clip. Uh, he's not a Liverpool player anymore, but they did this gag. Yeah, and like it was one of the Spanish guys, and they you know, they pop his head down and he go, "Unlucky." Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Like um, the guy that's away. He went away a few years ago. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. I know the thing you're talking about. Every time I missed a fail, which is a few unlucky. times, yeah, the two the two Spanish guys say, "Unlucky, yeah. unlucky," and I just couldn't help but think about that Liverpool clip and you. Yeah, and yeah. A Liverpool fan. I don't want to talk about Liverpool. Yeah, and no, I'm a chipping. So he put the pressure on me. He said, "Ross, you have a shot on this." last hole and I just left it short for two and that meant I had to get up and down to make a mm. score and uh, Did you? There were, well there was a backdrop the, the slope behind the pin yeah. and I dead set 
flubbed it. It's rolled onto the green, rolled past the hill, rolled up the rolled <laughs> up the hill, back. and come back to within a reasonably ch- good chance of me sinking apart. So anyway, go on. Did you make? Did you I finished on a par yesterday. Thank you very much. Yeah. That, was, that was the end of my <laughs> Vic Open career. Very Mate, good. It's it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to uh, to chat to you. We've covered a lot about you know the early times, your golf, which you know you're. A, I know you're a golf uh, tragic. Yeah. Beck, sorry for keeping you away from. Uh, you know, into the golf shop probably yeah. you know, maybe when he's probably <laughs> supposed to be doing something else. I don't know. Um, Beck, I appreciate you know you sitting there in, in quite warm conditions. All the best for the next eight weeks or so. You look fantastic, mate. All the best for this year. Yep, thank you. Um, let's have that hit of golf yeah. soon. Uh, if anyone finds a yeah yeah <laughs> Titleist Pro V one with at Zach Tui. Well, that's, you know, you can follow us at Zach Tui on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Is that you? It's the same. Exact same. Number two letter. But if you find one of these Pro-V ones with that Zach Tui. It'll be in the bushes on the first tee and the first. <laughs> it's not going to last one. P.O. Box card in your yeah, park yeah. Geelong. All right, mate. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Pleasure.